We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Gateway Chapel message. Okay, welcome to church. And, uh, you know, this is church now. You know, church has left the building and we are online. So we can bring the word of God to you wherever you are. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. The word of God comes to you. You know, and that is, I mean, this is scripture being fulfilled because uh, I remember uh, reading a scripture sometimes ago that said the, the word is near you. The word of God is near you. It's in your mouth. So now we can bring the word of God to you where you are. And for me, it's a real privilege to be able to stand before you today and bring the word of God. It's a privilege that I do not take for granted. You know, and I'm, you know, I just pray today that when the word comes, that you will be hearing the voice of God and not my voice. That you will be hearing the word of God and not my, my own words. Because you know what? I don't have a great deal to tell you, but the Lord your God, the Lord your Father has so much, so much, so much to say to you. But before we jump into the water today, let's just, uh, you know, say a word of prayer. Father, we just want to say thank you. We thank you because the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. Father, I'm praying that today you give us an understanding of your word. This is the Lord's day, Father. We have gathered unto you. We have come to worship. We have come to praise you. And now, Father, it is time for your word. And I'm praying that your Holy Spirit will minister to your people. I'm praying that you will speak to your people by the power of your spirit and not by the wisdom of man. In the name of Jesus, as we continue with this service, Holy Spirit, come and take your place. Minister to your people, touch life, transform life, change destinies. In the name of Jesus, let the sick be healed, let the weak be strong, and let the man that is in despair, let him receive hope even today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, so let's jump right into the word of God. Uh, But before we can do that, I need to get on this double vision, because without it, I might just be seeing some strange letters, but I don't want to see strange letters today, so I got to get that on. Okay, let's jump into the word. Um, Pastor has been teaching us for the last two weeks, he's been teaching us about faith failure. It's a big thing, faith, because why? Because the real essence of our, of our faith is faith, <laughs> you know, and that is why the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. But then it means that every single day we have to live by faith. Every single day we have to take the step, the action and the word, we have to speak the word of faith every single day of our lives. It's a lifestyle. So faith is what we live by. It's not something we do. It's just what we live by. But there are things, there are elements you know, in our lives, in us, around us, that is, there are some forces within and some without, you know, that tend to threaten our capacity and, and our ability to live by faith. And, you know, today we're going to be looking at one of the very fundamental ones. But before we jump in, let's just go right into the Word of God. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 23. Proverbs 23. And I will read verse 7. 
Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, and I read, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay, so put your hand there. I don't want to read the entire, you know, uh, verse. I just want to read Proverbs 23, 7a, which is what I've read to you. That, is, that one is already loaded. So I don't want to bore you with the rest part of, the, of that scripture. But let's jump straight into Numbers 13. Numbers 13, and I will read verse 31. Numbers 13, verse 31. To th- I will read uh, verse 31, uh, you know, to 33, thereabout, yeah. But, uh, so Numbers 13, 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes, so we were in their eyes. I want you to underline this scripture, if the Bible that you are reading is yours. And even if it is electronic, you can do a highlight. I want you to really highlight this because it's very important. It says, we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and so we were in their sight. These were people that God has promised to give an inheritance to. This why, as Pastor has been teaching us for the last two weeks, you know, I, I want you to go back because you know the, the sermons are there and they are free, and you know, can access them anytime. I need you to go back and re, you know and, and listen to the series on the faith failure. It's powerful because this is our life as believers. This is who we are. We live by faith. But these people here, they are. They said we were like grasshoppers, and we. So in our mind, and so we are, how did they know that the people that were looking at them think that they were grasshoppers? Why? Because they felt like they were grasshoppers in their own hearts. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. These guys thought they were grasshoppers. And so they thought everybody that was looking at them, everybody that was relating with them, everybody that was around them, was looking at them as though they were grasshoppers. And this is very fundamental because I need you to understand this. You see, it does not matter what people think of you. What you think of yourself is the most important because that is what determines the real you. And that is why the title of my message today is Who Do You Think You Are? Who do you think you are? When you look at yourself in the mirror, who do you think you are? And we're going to be looking at this. And why is this really important? Why is this really important? Because, and I will, because, you see, your understanding of who you are is fundamental to your ability to live a life of faith. 
Your understanding of who you are is fundamental to your ability to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. You are the just. Jesus Christ has died for you. He has justified you. Now you are a child. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of Jehovah. That is who you are. And the Bible says that you will live by faith. Why? Because you cannot see the Lord your God. But one thing that you see here, talking about the scripture that we just read, is the Bible says we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And so we were in their sight. You see, the heart or the mind is the seat of thoughts. It's the powerhouse that molds and makes the person. The heart or the mind, mind you, the Bible says, as, as a man thinks in his heart, that is in his mind, so is he. And what I'm saying to you today is that the heart is the seat of your thoughts. The mind is the seat of your thoughts. And it's the powerhouse that molds and makes you the person that you are. I want us to quickly look at something before we, pro, before we, you know, we, we, we go on this morning. And I want us to look at what is popularly called the Yohari window. You see, the Yohari window model gives you uh, four dimensions or four different personalities that a, a man you know, could have. And um, you know, th these are things that are used you know, in, in, in business training when they want to train you about teamwork. They just want you to understand who you are, your environment, how people perceive you, and you know, how you see yourself. And you know, they, they just bring all of these things to fore basically to try and help you. And I want, you to, I want us to look at these four different uh, models of a man. The first one, you see, I have this vertical model that you see here. And the first one, the first, it's a quadrant. And the quadrant, you have the vertical, which is you. That represents you, everything that you see. And then you have the horizontal, which represents others. Now, you have the open self. As the open self, this is who you are. This is who you know yourself to be. This is the real you, I would say. Because that is, you know, that is not the whole of you, and I will explain in a minute. The first quadrant is the open self. That is who you are and who people know you to be. The way you smile, your charisma, your capacity and ability, you know, to engage with others. These are the things that people see and you know, and, you know, you play to your strength. You come and, you know, you just light up the room. That is open you. Then there is the second quadrant, still talking about you now, which is, called the un, which is called the blind self. The blind self. You see, the blind self is like a blind, blind spot. You know blind spots, when you're driving uh, and you look at the mirror, yes, you, you can see behind you, you can see in front of you, but then there are some you know, dodgy places, and you, you look at the mirror and you couldn't really see that place. That is called the blind spot. And this happened to me you know, time and again, and that's why I don't trust my side mirrors alone. I always try to glance just to see before I make that overtake or I make that turn and change lane, basically. Why? Because there is a blind spot. This blind spot, you cannot see them, but others can see. And this is what, you see, when people sit with you at work, if you're working, 
when people sit with you at work and they appraise you, they tend to bring forth some of this black spot. And when they are saying things about you, you are sitting there and you are wondering, is this, are they really talking about me? Why? Because there are things about you that others can see that you cannot see. And it's called the blind spot. And then you have the hidden self. The hidden self are those your little me secrets. You know, you know yourself. You know, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even think of an example to use there. But of course, those are the things that you know about yourself that other people don't know. For example, you know that you are struggling you know, with self-esteem, but then you come out and, you know, you try to brave it up, and it's good because, you know, practice, they say, make perfect. It's good to do those things. That's just using what as an example, but these are the things that, about yourself, that only you know. It is called the hidden self. People don't know it, and, you know, when they are teaching you or, or training you uh, in a business school, they will ask you, you know, that, you know, you have to make disclosures so that people can help you, and all of those things, you know. All those are well and good. But where I am going and where we're going to shoot forth from here is the one that is called the unknown self. The unknown self. These are things about you that you don't know and other people don't know. You don't know them about yourself and other people don't know, but there is one who knows, and that is God. So I come up here you know, I come up with a concept called the real self. Your real self is the person that you are in reality. And that is your open self plus all the feedback that you can get about, you know, from people about your blind spot, about your blind self, rather, or maybe even your, your hidden self, you know, anything. Those are the things that, that is the real you. That is the person that lives on a daily basis. But there is the unknown self. And these are the things, the qualities that God has put in you as an individual. This is because, you see, when God made you, he made you perfect. He made you so perfect that you are not short of anything. And sometimes when you are not able to see the fullness, you see yourself in the fullness that is your true self. Okay, I mentioned about the concept. I, I've come up with the concept of the real self and the true self. Your real self is the you that you know, that, you know that, that is who you think you are in your own heart. But the true you is who God says you are because the word of God is the truth. And that is why that is the true you. But sometimes the real you does not match up to the true you. Because who you think you are does not match up to who God says you are. Who you think you are does not align with what God says of you. Why? Because you haven't discovered that part of yourself. And it is called the unknown self. You see, this is very important, brothers and sisters. Why? Because... You cannot operate in faith without really knowing who you are. It is impossible. You cannot do it. Now, let's talk about the, the, the real self. Because I say, you know, we're looking at two concepts here. The real self, that is the person you are, 
living, you know, the, the person you think, who you think you are really, and I, I know you are not a grasshopper. Why? Because the Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. You are a victor. The Lord your God has prospered you. You are, you, you know, you, you are a prince, really. That is who you are. You are a child of God. God is the one who made the heavens and the earth, and you are his child. That's who you are. But that's your true self. Who do you think you are? Then you have your true So the real self is basically shaped by, you know, your values, your perspectives to life, you know, values that you grew up, you know, traditional values, cultural values, and all of those things. They make, up, they make you up and, you know, you become your man. But it also includes the things that society expects of you because a lot of times we try to live to please our environment. We try to live to please the people around us and we try to become all things to all men. You know, we just adjust and manage and uh, manipulate our life just to suit the expectation of others. That is not who you are. Other things that shapes you, you know, that about your real self is the life experience that you have had. What life experience you have. The, all of these things combined, put together, defines the real you. That is the person that you think you are. Who you think you are. But the true you, which is who God says you are, is defined in Scripture. That is the Word of God. The Word of God is very, you know, is very specific about the man that God has created. You need to go read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and then you will understand who you really are. You are a prince. God created you to, to rule, to have dominion, to dominate your environment. You are the son, you are the daughter of the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are a lion. Created to be bold. Lion, they are never afraid of their environment. But don't let me jump ahead of myself here. So scripture has defined who you are. And the Holy Spirit will reveal. You see, because you see, when you get into scripture, what you are reading, there are letters. But in that letters is the spirit of the letter. And that's why, you know, the Bible says that the, the, the letter kills, but it's the spirit that gives life. It's the spirit that gives you the assurance and the confidence that you know, that, I mean, that you need to think of yourself, who you really are. So the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. But we're going to get there. Because how does this happen? Because I'm just telling you stuff now, but how do we make them happen? And we will get there. You only know your true self by knowing whose you are and who he says you are. And whose are you? I've said it and I've repeated it time and again that you are a child of God. That is who you are. I'm assuming here that you're listening to me and you are born again. But if you are not born again, my pastor is going to make a call at the end of this sermon. I encourage you to please, 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 please give your life. Because you know what? Man will live. Life is a journey, and life is for living. But the end of all man is death, and that's just the reality. And the Bible says it's appointed unto man to die once, and after that, judgment. And I don't want you to end up on the wrong side of judgment. So when you hear the call, do not hide in your heart. Please, please, please jump and give your life. You owe no man any apology. You don't have to live your life to please anyone. It is your life here, and it will be your life in eternity. 
but that's a digression. Now let's come back. You only know your true self by knowing whose you are and who he says you are. And I just said, you are a child of God. That is who you are. You are a child of God. That is who you are. I want us to look at a few biblical examples so that you understand, you know, that it is it, historical. You know, man have always looked at themselves in a certain way, not exactly the true person that God has created. And I want us to look at the example of Moses. I want to, to, to look at, uh, let's go to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 4, and I will read verses 10 to 14. In Exodus chapter 4, the Bible says, and I read, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before now nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the sin, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Here what you see is a man focusing on his deficiencies, his weaknesses. I cannot do this. I cannot, I cannot be there. I am not able to take that. I cannot stand and look people in the, in, in the eyes. I cannot stand and, make pub, you know, and talk publicly. We're looking at our weaknesses. But when we focus on him who has made the mouth, the one who has made the ears, and all of these things, there is nothing that we cannot do. So you look at Moses here. Moses was making an excuse, but Moses was a leader. That was who God has created him to be. He was a deliverer. That was who God has created him to be. But here was a man being called to ministry, and he started looking at his weaknesses. You see, when you walk in who God says you are, when you walk as who God says you are, you can do unimaginable things. Moses would never have been able to see himself, you know, doing all those miracles before Moses, but he did. Why? Because suddenly he was living his true self, not who he thinks that he was. Another person I want us to quickly look at is um, Gideon in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 6, and I will read verses, uh, you know, 12 and 13. The Bible says, and it says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, that is, appeared to Gideon, and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? This guy was a warrior. This guy was a deliverer. This guy was a mighty man of valor. That was who God says that he is. That was who God says that he is. That was his true self. But then he was trying to define his true self based on history, the things that he has heard. He was trying to look at his environment and trying to redefine himself. He was thinking 
that he was not able. He could not see himself as the mighty man of valor. That was Gideon. But God went ahead and did mighty things and delivered a whole nation using Gideon. The same with Moses. Maybe I didn't remember to mention that. God used Moses. He used Moses to, to deliver the children of Israel from the land of bondage. That is what your God can do with you when you allow him bring you from who you think you are into who you really are. And the last person I want to look at is Jeremiah. And, you know, let's quickly look at the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, and I will read verses 5 to 7. And the Bible says, and I read, it says, this was God speaking to Jeremiah. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. I'm not old enough. I, no, I can't do this. But the Lord said to, him, to me, do not say I am a youth. Do not say I am unable. Do not say I am not ready. Because right now you are ready. For you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. And Jeremiah became a mouthpiece of the Lord to generations of kings. Why? Because there was who God says that he is, or he was, and who he thinks that he was. And the same is true of you and I today. Who do you think you are? Do you see yourself in, through the mirror of the word of God? Or are you limited by your thoughts? The mind, remember, as I said, is the powerhouse that molds and makes the person. And so where does this take us? How do you now move? How do you bridge the gap between who God says you are and who you think you are? Because that's the next thing. Because see, when you are not living by faith, you are not true to your, you are not your true self. This is because the way you think has created a gap between who God says you are and who you are in reality. You know, Hosea 4c says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. A man can perish because the man doesn't know himself. You know, you, you just should change yourself because you don't know who you are. So when God says, take, you say, I'm unable because you don't know who you are because of who you think you are. When God says, take, you say, I'm unable because of who you think you are. But you are more than a conqueror. So how do we bridge this gap? Because it's very important that we bridge the gap between who we think we are or who I think I am, who you think you are, and who God says you are and who God says I am. We have to bridge the gap. How do we do that? You see, in Numbers 13.31, when you read Numbers 13.31, which is the account that we read, you know, in Numbers, we read Numbers 13, 31 to 33. But when you look at those people, they say, we are like grasshopper in our own eyes. That was, so you see, the re, because God asked these people to go and take an inheritance, to go and survey the land that he was going to, you know, to give them. And they came back with all manner of reports. A land that was filled with milk and honey. And they acknowledged that, that this is a great opportunity. It's a great place, a great ground that the Lord our God is giving to us. But then they began to 
highlight the negatives. And the negatives became the focus. But why were they seeing those negatives? Because of who they are. Because of who they are. Because of who they think they are, not because of who they truly are. And now we have to get to, to avoid faith failure. You must bridge the gap between who God says you are, that is your true self, and who you think you are, that is yourself in reality. That gap must be bridged. Until you bridge that gap, you will not be able to live a life of faith. So how do we do this? Let's go to the Bible. In the book of Romans 12, 2, and I will jump in. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. In Romans 12, 2, the Bible says, and I read, it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It is all in the mind. Who you think you are is in your mind. Now, if you need to bridge the gap between who you think you are, that is yourself in reality, and who you truly are, that is who God says you are, then you need to renew your mind. You need to saturate your mind with the words that God says of you, with the things that God says of you. Now, what are the things that God has said concerning you? Remember, I said it, and I'm repeating it again, that the powerhouse that molds and makes the person is the mind, because that's the seat of thought. Whoever you think you are, that is who you are in reality. So if you really want to be your, your true self, then you need to be able to think of yourself based on who God says you are. And let's look at a few things that God has said about you. And I'm going to tell you a few testimonies you know, of myself, just, you know, because, you see, we all face challenges. You see, pastor says it all the time that until you are squeezed, we don't really know the stuff you are made of. But when push comes to shove, who manifests? And that is, you know, the person that you are. So let's look at a few things here about who God says that you are. And I'm going to give you some of these scriptures. I will read some, you know, I will just give you to read in your own time. But number one, you are complete in God. And we have to read this. You are complete in God. You, have to, you need to have this understanding. And when I say you are complete in God, the first question you want to ask yourself when you are reading this scripture is who is God? He's the one who made the earth, the heaven and the earth. The Bible says that the, that the earth is the Lord and his fullness and all the people that dwell in it. And the Bible is saying that you are complete in him. That is not in missing, not in intelligence, not in look, not in beauty, not, you know, you are perfectly made. You are wonderfully and perfectly made, made in the Lord. And you know, we say all of these things. You know, I love us Christians. We just love all these buzzwords and, and phrases that we use to describe ourselves. But do we leave them? Because that, you know, these things are true of you. This is who God says you are. And the Bible says in the book of Colossians 2, uh, 11, it says, oh, sorry, Colossians 2, uh, verse uh, 10. The Bible says, and it says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. You are afraid of principalities and power, but the Bible is telling you that you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. You are more than able. So you are complete in God. And the second thing 
Because, you see, this is just mentioning a few. And this is just to whet your appetite. Because I really need you to go into the word of God and know yourself. The second thing is you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is a powerful mind. It's the, it's the mind of creation. It's the mind of dominion. And I want you to look at the Bible. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Please write these scriptures down because I'm not going to be reading them. I'm just going to you know, fly through. But I want you to go back and then read more. Know yourself. Know your, your true self. Know who God says you are. So Philippians 2, 5, and then 1 Corinthians 2, 16. You have the mind of Christ. You are an overcomer. 1 John 5, 4, you are an overcomer. You can do all things. There is nothing that you, can, you cannot do. Philippians 4, 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then you have power to do wonders. Read Mark 16, 17 to 18 and Luke 10, 19 to 19 verse 9, uh, sorry, Luke 10 verse 19. Read that and understand the power that God has given to you. And you are a partaker of the divine nature. What's the divine nature? That is, you have the nature of God. You are a God. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that I say ye are God. So you are a God. That is who God says you are. And then you do not have the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For you are a particular of the divine nature, 2 Peter 1, 4. 2 Peter 1, 4. Then the last one, which is number seven, is that you do not have the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7. God has not given you the spirit of fear. If you are afraid, it is not of God. And I need you to understand that. So this is just to whet your appetite so that you can really go rediscover yourself and know who God says you are. But when you read all of these things, what do you do with them? Very quickly, three things that you need to do. Number one, you need to know. That is, one, that is the first thing you need to know. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. You know, it says a great deal about you. Let's look at what Colossians 3.16 has said concerning you. Colossians 3.16 uh, you know, it says, let the word of Christ dwell rich in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You need to get the word of God in because when you have it, unless it's in there, it's like a seed. The Holy Spirit has nothing to work on in you. The word has to get in. And then the second thing you need to do when you have got the word in, when you read the word of God, don't just read and, and, and move on. You think, you meditate about it. What, you know, think about the context. Think about the phrases. Think about some words and let them sink in. That is meditation. And what you are doing basically is that you are empowering yourself. You are putting something in your spirit that even you may not know, but the Holy Spirit will help it, will embed it in you and make it become you. And read Joshua 1.8 to have an understanding of what I'm talking about here. And this, number one is you know, that is you have to study to know. Number two is that you think, that is you meditate about it. Number three is that you speak what he says. Second Corinthians 4.13, speak what he says. We believe and so we speak. Do you believe who God says you are? Then say it. You owe no man any apology. If God says you are a conqueror, declare and make known that you are in control. God says you are a victor. Declare and make known that you are a victor. And finally, act by what he says. Take action. You see, 
The only thing that demonstrates that you, 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 know, you, you believe all of the things that you, 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 have, you, you, have, you know, you have thought about, and uh, you've been speaking is by taking action. And I pray today that the Holy Spirit will expound all of this thing in your spirit so that you can begin to live who you truly are, not how the world has defined you, not what your circumstances have said about you. You see, you, your circumstances does not define who you are. What the world says about you does not define who you are. In fact, what God says about you will not, you know, will not define who you are unless you really have become that person that God says you are. Because who, what determines who you really are is who you think. My question to you today is, who do you think you are? And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you your true self so that you can begin to live by faith, so that you can avoid faith failure. Because, you see, we experience faith failure fundamentally because we don't know who we are. The Lord bless you. I hope you've been blessed by this sermon today. I have because it was, you know, it was a privilege preparing for this, and I'm totally blessed, and I trust the Lord that you are blessed. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, and please join me as I welcome back Pastor Eddie. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Wow, fantastic message, and I hope you took as much note as you possibly could. Now, I love what he said there. He, want, he said, you know your true self by knowing who you are and who he says you are. You know your true, your true self by knowing whose you are, in other words, who you belong to, and who he says you are. Listen very carefully. Do not allow people tell you who you are. Hear what God says you are. Believe it, receive it, and walk in it. Praise the Lord. Fantastic message. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.